Hey, I'm Jeff Reed. I'm Craig Killian. And this is the From First to Last podcast. Welcome. Welcome to the From First to Last podcast. Uh, this is a place where we work our way through a director's theatrical filmography from their first film all the way through to their most recent. Um, it's awesome to have you here. How you been, Craig? Great, man. Living the high life, you know, sex, drugs, rock and roll. Wow. <laughs> wow, just very fitting. Living the rock and roll lifestyle. Oh, and wow. Rock and roll lifestyle. But so without any of the sex, drugs, and rock and roll. <laughs> well, if you, can, if you include prescription drugs, as <laughs> prescription <laughs> drugs. I've had a soluble... Manly uh, solo sex. Whoa. <laughs> 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 wow. And rock and roll, talking, you know, just early 90s grunge. <laughs> well, let, I've, I've, killed the li- I've killed your thought of my lifestyle. <laughs> the perception of my lifestyle's over. <laughs> People out there are just like, oh man, he listens to Alice in Chains. I do. I was listening <laughs> to the Rooster this week. Yeah, oh, were you? Yeah, yeah seriously. Oh, wow. I was, man. Strangely prophetic. Wayne Staley, man. I was just cane that heaps. Oh, wow. Well, good for you, Craig. Thank you. Good for you. You are living the dream. <laughs> I am. I am. I still still have the flannel over the t shirt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, if you tuned in last week, um, thanks for sticking with us. Let's be honest, this is episode three. We did cut the, the first episode oh, yeah. in two. Um, so if you've made it to the third episode, um, look, mum, I admire, <laughs> <laughs> I admire your persistence. Um, but yeah, it's just awesome to have you here on this little journey with us. And I think today's a real exciting episode because it's really where we... We're going to get into the meat and veg, Craig. Exactly. This is, you'll see the main format of what we'll mainly, what we're doing. Obviously, all our other ones, yeah, the introduction was really just, hey, this is me, Jeff. <laughs> and, but now, yeah, you will actually see what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we hope it makes sense. Um, you know, I, I, I had a moment where I listened back to it and it's one of those things. I'm, I'm no Johnny Depp. I'm happy to listen to myself. Um, <laughs> and I walked through a shopping center grinning like an absolute fool. And at one point someone stopped dead in their tracks and looked at me like, <laughs> what the heck are you smiling at? <laughs> so I hope you had as much fun listening to it as I did. Because uh, I did have a lot of fun listening to it, Craig. <laughs> so did I, man. I uh, had heaps of fun. More than I thought I would. Like I th- I, Well, not in that case, sorry. I I thought it'd be a lot. I thought it was going to be terrible. Because Secret, I hate Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wondering if you could hear that in a voice. No, but... um, He said with disdain. <laughs> I honestly thought it wouldn't go as smoothly. Cause, well, mainly thinking about myself. Because I've never been involved in a podcast type thing. Yeah, there's a lot of technology here. There is. Look, um, well, we've, not really. Just we've got coloured fluffy covers over our microphones. I have an it orange is, fluffy. Cover. It is cutting edge. Cutting edge orange. Craig doesn't realise I chose that as a power colour for him for this podcast. So. I love orange. I'm married to an orange head. <laughs> you, you <laughs> so are indeed. Having the orange so close to my lips brings back memories. Oh gosh. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh god, my wife's gonna kill me. Is yeah. there an edit button? Uh, is there we an undo not, button? We are not on this taking podcast? that out. Anyone, anyone at home, if you want, you can turn them from first to last podcast into a drinking game. And every time Craig crosses a line or gets creepy, take a shot. Man, seriously, I'm I jump as quickly from an old family podcast. To, ooh, it gets uh, dark. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, it's getting blue. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, I think this is something that I enjoy about it because uh, yeah, this is literally what life's like being friends with. There's Craig. no way of knowing which direction <laughs> we are going. That's exactly right. That is exactly right. Well, last week we um we did a bit of a from first to last origins. We gave a history of how Jeff and Craig ended up friends. <laughs> yes. Um, and That's a and, great history. and how film brought that together. Yeah. Um, and then we also looked at who our first season is is all about, Robert Zemeckis. And uh The Man. Yeah. And look, I'm gonna be honest, I've been doing a little bit of research over all of this and um the more I get to know about Mr. Zemeckis, the more I just love his movies. So um Man, I've come to appreciate him heaps more just in the start of this. And I know by the end of this season. I'm just going to be madly in love with this man again. Yeah, yeah, me too. And I think uh, the fact that we, we looked through um, a timeline of this podcast and we'll probably be catching the, the tail end of it when his latest film is going to get released. We were very excited. Oh, yeah. Just, it seemed like this crazy fitting journey, didn't it, Craig? Oh, seriously, it's exciting. It's yeah. exciting. This, and we're hoping our, all of it just lines up. And yep. we can be able to get some awesome stuff for you at the end of it. Oh, man. That would be the dream, wouldn't it? Yes. We're not giving it away. It's pretty easy to guess. But we're not giving it away. Let's see what we can do first. Yeah. The, look, I'm going to let the cat out of the bag. Craig has decided to run Forrest Gump style across Australia to just see how things are when you just run. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, wherever he is going, he is running. If I am running. If anyone has ever seen me run, they know that um, I actually pigeon toed. <laughs> <laughs> and I run very similar to the Wiley Coyote. <laughs> just, just legs spinning. Spinning <laughs> legs? Spinning legs. But, yeah, just around the, just the wrong way. <laughs> just the wrong way. Seriously, that's that's honestly how I run. People tease me at basketball all the time. They're just so that good. Attached to a big ass. It's oh wow. <laughs> it's amazing to watch. Uh, well, Craig, <laughs> look, let's let's get into it because I'm pretty excited to talk about the um the first film in uh Mr. Zemeckis's filmography. Mm-hmm. Um so this week Craig and I we, we both sat down and we watched uh his first film, which is called "I Want to Hold Your Hand," mm-hmm. um, and so let's just hear about about this a bit about this. Six teenagers travel to New York to watch the Beatles perform on the Ed Sullivan Show during the height of Beatlemania. They go through hijinks, adventure, breakups, and makeups to find out more about themselves and the world around them. What are the friends without the Beatles? All right, so Craig, I gotta say, nice effort on the uh, on the voiceover there. You <laughs> have you. some dulcet tones. Thank you, thank you. So uh, the year's nineteen seventy eight, right? Whoa. So this is the first films released in nineteen seventy eight, and let's just put that into further perspective. That makes this movie forty years old. Damn. Um, and so 
I just thought I'd give you a little bit of a, a history of the lead up to it. Is yeah. That, is that cool? Yeah, man. A little Go bit of it. a read. I had a read through of a, a few things um, this week and I just really loved I've been keeping a few notes. So, um, so Robert Zemeckis really has this affinity with the Beatles. Um, his uh, film school application was actually an essay and a music video he directed based on a Beatles song. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, he, he like, we're talking about a man who loves him some the Beatles. Which Beatles song do you know? Don't have a clue. Damn. I wish I wish I had that tidbit for you. Hmm. Now I'm curious. Let's you, say it was If you know, just hit us up. Yeah, let us know. We we'd love it. If if you're out there, uh Bob Zemeckis, let us know, brother. Um we we'd love some cold facts from you. Or as I call him Bobby Z Mac. Bobby Z. <laughs> Bobby Z. <laughs> Bobby Z. <laughs> so um during during his time at USC film school Mm-hmm. Um, Steven Spielberg visited to present the Sugarland Express wow. to students. Um, and so afterwards, Zemeckis hung around and introduced himself to Spielberg, and he asked him <laughs> if he'd like to see his student <laughs> film. Yeah, right. Two days later, they went to Spielberg's place and watched the movie because he said <sighs> yes, and um, it struck up a little bit of a friendship, which actually became a, a mentorship along the way. So. Um, this is all before Spielberg was the beard that we yeah, know yeah. and love. Um, like this is when he was up and coming, man. Sugarland Express was yeah. big. God, I remember Goldie Hawn in that man. She was beautiful. She got heaps like um, obviously well, Kate Hudson looked heaps like her. Yeah, this was in her Kate Hudson fades. Not this, <laughs> <laughs> not this weird blown up balloon tush big. That she's in now. <laughs> stretched out saddlebags. <laughs> Isn't it such a horrible? Um, these poor women who age in front of us on screen. Oh, I just don't think she needs to. I think there's some beautiful wim- older women out there that just basically don't need to. I'd, I don't want to get into Creep Town, right? But Craig and I had the privilege one time of meeting Miss Susan Sarandon. Man, and I could say that was a woman who was absolutely stunning in real life. Yeah, she was she? sixty something years old when we met her. Yeah, she had a boyfriend there who was like twenty something. We, we we don't need to get into but the new idea magazine. But, <laughs> but seriously, <laughs> he was like um like he was he he was lucky dude, man. She yeah. was beautiful, just beautiful. You know, just and even at this age, I like look. I'm thinking. I'm I'm talking empowerment, man. I'm thinking, don't need to get all that stuff in you. No. I, I love it, Craig. I love oh. where your head's at there. Power to the ladies. Power to the ladies. Yes. Okay. Ladies so, and ladies. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I've been listening to Flight of the Concords. No, I, don't, I don't. Mate, did you hear they're, they're uh, recording a, a live recording? Oh, really? That's yeah, awesome. they got a live That's special awesome. coming. So Even I was a bit you excited. must be into you. <laughs> Some very clever gentlemen there. <laughs> Very, very. So through the friendship that uh, Spielberg and Zemeckis sort of struck up, yep. Um, Zemeckis and Bob Gale, his writing partner, were asked to write a movie for Spielberg, which was 1941, the smash hit. Oh, 1941. But a boom. Anyone who knows about that movie knows it was not a smash hit. No, very, very down the gutter. Yep, considered one of uh, Spielberg's lesser films. But also, you know, it's it must have been a scary time if you think about it for Spielberg, you know, released in nineteen forty one in such a young part of his career. Yeah. And yeah, think yeah. and on it here's another thought about it is if that failed 
and then Spielberg failed after that, Zemeckis could have failed as well. Yeah, for sure. Because, for sure. yeah, who would have given him his go-ahead? And, you know, like, it w- it's incredible to think that Spielberg was considered such a talent at such a young age. Yeah, you yeah, know? man. Um, and so, yeah, through that, um, Spielberg decided to sign on to be an executive producer on I Want to Hold Your Hand to give uh, Zemeckis more of a go. Man, what type of world is that, man, where Robert Zemeckis comes up to Steven Spielberg? You know, you're just shit. You know, you just would love to have just been there just geeking out. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Well, you and I would have been the guys there that are like, oh, we didn't get get to talk to him. (laughs) So so the studio originally was quite sceptical about Zemeckis filming I Want to Hold Your Hand. And uh, as a result, Spielberg had to agree with Columbia Pictures that if they didn't like what Zemeckis was doing early on, they could sack him and Spielberg would direct the film. Wow, man. That's going. That's awesome. Like, that's a real going out on the edge for your friend. Yeah, it is. That shows the sort of faith that uh, Spielberg had in Zemeckis very early on. Wow. So, um, that's, so, all, that's, that's crazy to hear, man. That's crazy to hear. It's funny, isn't it? Because we live in a time where nowadays... Um, you know, you hear Spielberg's story and he was that guy that hung around so much at the film studios that they ended up <laughs> just thinking that he was employed there and he ended up getting a job from that. Um, nowadays, if he was seen hanging around the front of a film studio, they'd probably call the police. Especially if he has a beard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> That's, it's, a, it's a reason to keep your beard neatly trimmed. Yeah, people, exactly. In this climate, <laughs> so Zemeckis um, goes on to make the film And later on down the track His um, his love of the Beatles came back We touched on it a bit last week yeah. Where he was rumoured to do a motion capture version Of Yellow Submarine um, Which I would have loved to seen him do Hey, I think it would have been awesomely interesting At yeah. least you know, At the very least It would have just been one of those movies Where you just wanted to see it for how it was put together. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen any um, concept art, and if it's floating around there, um, one I haven't looked for it. So don't don't get your knickers in a knot. All those people going, oh gosh, this was released. It's like so common. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> I just everywhere, man. <laughs> I'd love the picture I have in my head is actually like not his hyper realistic cartoon people like he did in all his motion capture, but almost like a motion capture version of the cartoon art that's on the album. Yeah, and exactly. The original. Well, that's just as iconic, the way that was actually done yeah. for the Beatles. You know, those that we all we all know those overcut pictures coming and popping out of the Yellow Submarine. Yeah. So th- I think, I, I agree with you, I think it would have stuck very much to the tone of that. Yeah, yeah. And his love of the Beatles, as as is very prevent, uh, prevalent in the film, I want to hold your hand. You can tell there is a deep love of the Beatles. Oh, in deep there. love. You know, there's a lot of, there's most likely a, a certain part of each character yep. that he's in. Yeah. That's a part of Robert <laughs> yeah. Zemeckis. You know yeah, I mean? <laughs> definitely. Definitely. So, Craig, um, before we move on, can I tell you this insane Beatles bit of trivia that I found out? And I may have spoiled love it with you. Beatles trivia. But. What blew my mind was I saw an interview with a, a, um, a musician, an Australian musician who is considered one of the, the geniuses of Australian um, music, 
uh, Daniel Johns. Mm-hmm. And um, during it, he, t- he reflected on his career and the, the time frame that his career has done in the journey. And he said, to put that into perspective, I've been doing this for 20 years. Yeah. The Beatles did it for seven. Damn. Isn't that amazing? Seven years. That's nothing. Seven years, man. That's nothing, man. That's like Chris Cornell audio slave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. That's nothing. So in seven years, the Beatles released every one of their hits. Wow. Man, they that's it's it's I guess it's peak. That's just Yeah. You know how I guess all of these and that's what's so amazing, they're so young and they must have just all hit their peak at the exact same time. Like really the only people who made like iconic impacts afterwards, you'd say John Lennon, obviously Paul McCartney here and there, you know. Yep. I still don't think I still think Paul McCartney's best stuff was in the Beatles. Yep. Um, apologies to Wings fans out there. But um <laughs> Live but, and Let Die is a great song. Oh yeah, yeah. As man. a Bond fan. <laughs> oh yeah. That is a great song. That I'm is drifting off into that world right now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just it just gives an idea. Like um when I was thinking about that, um, you start thinking, like, why on earth in in our time, yeah, there's not many bands that we, we could say that this level of hysteria has has encompassed. No, 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 not at all. But also you don't get that output. No. You don't get that output in seven years. No. Like, now these big bands are almost like every two, three years. Yeah. Um, sometimes even more because there's always everyone so artistic that, mm. oh, I need to go out and start my film career, then I'll come back and mm. join a band and we'll do this, you know, redo tour and stuff like that. Yep. And infighting. Yeah. Mm. Well, that's that whole sort of boy band-ish pre-existing like yeah, there's no marketing. relationship there yeah. to to go on and but if you really think about it seven years with so much output and such a creative journey it's sort of amazing that the beatles lasted as long as they did yeah true man true like, especially a, with all the stories behind yeah. it with all the stories behind you know obviously john and paul and then ringo and all that man they were just there were some arguments supposedly yep. amongst all of them and yep. it's just and you obviously, I think it's because you've got, you've probably got in the band at least four of them who could have had successful careers solo. Yeah. And then they were just <laughs> good at where they were at that um, time and just being together. Oh, man, I would love to just hear them just shooting the shit, just, you know, just strumming out and just figuring out ideas. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, sort I mean? of like that. Um, have you seen that documentary, It Might Get Loud? No. So, It Might Get Loud is a documentary where they put Jimmy Page, The Edge, and Jack White all in a room together. Wow. To just jam. And so they're like, what song do you want to play? Oh, let's give this a go. And the three of them all just jam on guitars, and then they sit around telling their story. It's great. Man. I remember um, they did a little doco of the producer of the Beatles. Yeah, yeah. And um, he was... George uh, Martin. Yeah. And I remember him doing his... Um, telling about... How he had to keep a lot of them in track, so yeah, I think it was just um, it was like a just a solar eclipse, man. It was yeah. just once in every <laughs> sure every was. heaps of while that you're ever going to get these people with just that much just brilliance in one band. So I don't think we'll ever get them again. I don't know. 
you know, you hear whole heaps of comparisons and stuff like that. And I guess it's because they were perfect for their time. Yes. And so they were the ones that started the growth. So yep. anything you see now, really, it's like they're only just, they're offshoots. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like these people who say, oh, this sequel is better than this movie or so on and so forth. Yeah, but without that original, yeah, man, without that original seed, man, you're not going to get anywhere after that. So true. It's so true. And I love what you said about it being the time. Like of the time. Yeah. In the time, uh, the way that music was distributed, the the accessibility, all that sort of thing was just the right timing and placement for for those guys. Um speaking of timing, do you like that segue? <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, are so we out of time already? <laughs> yeah. Thanks for tuning in. Damn shit. Peace takes out. So l- talking um, shit takes so long. <laughs> so 1978 was when the film was released and I thought I'd just let you know and the and the listeners at home um, just a few films that were released that year so you sort of get an idea of the caliber coming out that year cool right? and the culture of the year yeah because each yeah. year has a tone like oh. a theme you know every year has a theme it's so it's true really interesting so theme. true so pumped dawn of the dead wow George yeah. Romero's yeah. man <laughs> have you ever watched that no black and white terrifying yeah but also um this is when he first released it it's so political obviously we'll probably go to Giorgio romero sometime in the future but so political you know because you're one of the main characters in it at the time it's black yeah man crazy scary ass also deer hunter oh they've just released um re-released a 4k version of that. oh wow man yeah i know i was Tempted in buying it because I watched the preview to it the other day. Such a hardcore. My brother and I, seriously, um, my brother John and I love this movie. And we always do this certain scene out of the movie where um, they're, they're playing Russian roulette, which is a big theme within the movie. Um, and the Vietnamese guy's just screaming and going, And your he slaps him in the head for a long while there. My brother and I would hit each other and just go, and I'm out. <laughs> I don't know what oh it means. So if you're Vietnamese out there, please. <laughs> Someone's sitting at home crying because you're saying the most racist thing possible. Just, just come back to us and say, you know, and we're Filipino. We we're a Filipino Aussie family. We didn't know what it means. So I'm sorry for insulting people. <laughs> we're pure, I'm claiming pure ignorance here. So good. But yeah, man. Amazing movie, amazing. It's one of those movies though that it just, it's exhausting, um, and so it's not one of those movies you go, yeah, man, I've watched it a hundred times. If you watch it a hundred times, you're just a depressing dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I've so it far, like I'm I'm zero from zero from two on this <laughs> on this list, Craig. Which is actually really, it's it's I'm disappointed in myself. Next, I have seen the next movie uh, in 1978. Grease was released. Ooh. And I've got to apologize. Uh, last week I mentioned that um, there was an actor in I Want to Hold Your Hand who also <laughs> was in a Revenge of the Nerds. I was wrong. I was way off. He's just that annoying guy from Grease. Um, and I'm sure we'll touch <laughs> on him a bit later, Craig. Oh, we will. <laughs> but also, okay, Craig. I'm saving, I'm I saving the grease lightly last night. Did you? Yeah, I was at a 40th. Oh, oh go Craig. Cut that rug. Was it the grease mega mix? 
Yeah, man. It was. Oh, the, man. The chicks did cream. Hey, I'm crying the song now. I'm not being rude. I'm no, no, you're quoting the song, and it is—it's insane when you listen to that song. And uh, I did see a documentary which showed how they actually had to tone that down for the movie. Oh, really? So, like that song? Yeah, that song had to get changed, and um, there's a scene where the chicks will beam. That's it. Yeah. Is it really? Well, no, it's, it's, they talk about wrapping themselves up, which is essentially they're talking about you have to wear a condom. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they ask them to remove that from the song. Wow, where's but that part of in, song? In the movie, there's a scene where John Travolta, he grabs a big sheet of clear sort of cling wrap plastic sort of thing yeah. and he pulls it off and he sticks it between his legs and he rubs it on himself. And that's him not wanting to get rid of that bit of the song because he was Kanicki in the uh, uh-huh. in the stage performance. So um, there's this little sort of flipping the bird by rubbing it all over himself to yeah. still say it's in the song. So there you go. That's little an bit awesome of Grease trivia. Sorry, <laughs> that's um, awesome trivia. I love it. Love it. Also released, uh, keeping on the Beatles theme, was Sergeant Pepper's. Oh, uh, or there was also Piranha, which uh, gave us the wonderful James Cameron. Wow. Um, I've never seen it. Me either. So far, my list is not great. And I'll be honest, I never heard of it until now. Oh, wow. Um, It was... I I assume there was a horror movie called Piranha. Yeah, so... Some time or another, because they've always been terrifying. Roger Corman. And we're not talking about the... 4DD. Oh, that makes yeah. sense if it's Roger Corman. Yeah, so it's I'm Roger Corman. Um, James Cameron was part of his special effects That's team. That's right, he was. And um, gave him his first shot directing that film. Wow. Um, was there so boobies? I'd, I'd lo- I don't know. That's Corman. They'd have to have uh, some. But I'm sure we'll get to watch it because I'd really love to go through James Cameron's work on this, I think. Um, oh, yeah. He'd yeah. be great to look at. Moving on, Animal House. <gasps> Animal House! So oh, yeah, damn it! I love that movie. I, <laughs> I love knew that, that movie. would be right up your alley. Oh, good old John, John Belushi. Yeah, I know he he was an angel. Man, he was seriously. Without him, Chris Farley wouldn't be around. No man. way. He was he no was way. the original OG. And um, OG. Yeah, I I'd love to get actually. I I was my mind now. We're doing this podcast, Craig after talking about it for so long, is always thinking, who's the next person we can do? Yeah. And I thought one day John Landis would have such an interesting catalogue of movies to work oh, through. Same, same. And I would love, because it'd be awesome. There's so much controversy around Yeah, it. yeah. I'd definitely go into that Twilight Zone episode. Yeah, that that's uh, pretty wild when then, you actually see that. And then obviously going to his dickhead son. No. Oh. <laughs> That's a whole other <laughs> kettle of fish, isn't it? Oh yeah, man. Seriously, I, I'm I'm friends with Golly. um one of the critics, Devin Faraci, used to be all charting all them um at the time, and he's friends with Max Landers, and sometimes he posts um Dev will post something, and Max will come in and just say the most douchebaggiest. Oh well, he not anymore because ever since the allegations and stuff, yep. he's keeping a very on the down low, but yeah, man, I used to just be like, man, what? A Do you think it's one of those things? I'm not standing up for anyone, so anyone at home that's suddenly just going, "Oh, Jeff, what are you doing?" But. Do you think it's one of those things? This week's been a crazy week, and this will give you an idea of our little timeline of recording. Um, James Gunn was fired from Guardians of the Galaxy, 
uh, part three, um, for tweets that he he made. Um, I think it was ten years ago, maybe. No, eight. some were just not as I I thought that too, but there was actually one that was only like three four years ago. Oh wow! But still, then I don't think he should have been fired. Well, like regardless of if he should and shouldn't have. What what his defense in it is is that he was actually attempting a, a provocative style of comedy, yeah. and I've quite often wondered about Max Landis if if he's attempting to be a provocative, funny person, but the reality is he's just not charming enough to pull it off. I don't think so because I don't think he has. Um, oh, look, I guess you could play it around. I just. I just don't believe it. I think he's more just of a douchebag. Okay. Like, if you look at, say, TJ Miller. Yep. I think TJ Miller goes for that provocative push. Yep. Um, and I think I think it's, yeah, I, I hate the fact that people are pulling these back and crucifying James Gunn for this. Well, it's an interesting... And yet vote for a president who says, grape and bother pussy. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just... I don't... Gosh. I don't see the connection, people. Gosh. I don't see the connection. You know what I mean? And um, and I think it's just... Look, James Gunn... Uh, the, going back on people's past, man, I've said some horrible stuff. I'll say some horrible stuff. I've, oh, I'm not going to deny my future. Yeah. I'm going <laughs> to say some horrible stuff here. But, man, sometimes just... Uh, I'm not getting into it. Oh, well, it's... It's exhausting, it's, man, it is, and it's a whole it other is. podcast. And, you know, look, um, you know, Americans don't understand Vegemite. We don't understand Trump. Um, yeah, true, <laughs> that's, true. And so it's just like, you know, Australians, Americans, two different things. But what's what's really interesting, in, and we'll just leave it at this because we could probably do an entire podcast on this. Easily. Um, but at what point is redemption real? Yep. And uh, a journey accepted. Um, exactly. And I think, I think in an online world that we live in, um, we're sort of in this weird political correct time where um, your past is still your present. And it's almost like we've forgotten the forgiveness. Yep. I know there's all these... So this is where it could get massive. There's all these di- differing um, degrees of forgiveness and what's... Yep what's okay to forgive and things like that. I just really apologize to everyone at home. I accidentally burped in the mic. Um, I am all <laughs> class here while we talk the deep stuff, but maybe my body's just saying, move on, Jeff. We don't need to keep going there, but yeah, it's just, you know, forgive people. Love. You, love. Yeah, exactly. And it, you're just denying that people grow. Let's, yeah. let's, let's be honest, people. We grow. Yeah, we do. You know, Muhammad Ali said it best, man. He was, seriously, if you think the same way you did it, fi- you do it fifty as you did it thirty, then you've wasted twenty years of your life. That's <laughs> so true, isn't it? So just yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Go James Gunn. Yeah, go James. <laughs> Look, the guys. He's even come out and said, like, if you follow the journey of Rocket Raccoon, that's yeah. James Gunn. Yeah, exactly. He's based that character upon himself. So. Um, anyways, let's let's move on, Craig, because uh, we've got a couple more. There's one on here that I think you're going to just go, oh, my gosh. Um, so also released in 1978 was Halloween. Yep. Awesome. And Mr. Carpenter, this is when he was just doing hardcore stuff. Yep. And one movie that is very dear to your heart, introduced the world to Mr. Christopher Reeve as <sighs> Superman. And so, like, when you think about that, 1978 had some pretty high-caliber films released. Oh, man. Seriously. And some great, great directors who were yep. just at the start of their career. So this yep. is 
Look for Richard. Obviously, Richard Donner just coming through. Yeah. And then if you think about, obviously, the impact him and his wife, Lauren Shuler, has. Um, man. Yeah. It, well, in that, in that list of directors, really, you know, George A. Romero becomes this um, massive name in horror yeah. as time goes on. James Cameron becomes this massive name in just life. Yeah, you um, can almost say these were the start of genres. Yeah, it is, isn't it? You know like, what, I mean? what a yeah. year. Yeah. Um, like, so, pretty incredible. Yeah, you could say pretty much ever since then, everyone always just apes on... Everyone just really just mixes up the ingredients these people created. Yeah, totally. Totally. And, look, they're all... Really early films in which they're they're cutting their teeth, so to speak, and uh, really, wow. really moving on. You'll believe um, a man can fly. Yeah, you know it. You oh, know it. Oh, I love that movie so much. All right, so Craig, um, we've watched the film. Um, <laughs> yes, we have. <laughs> yes, we have watched this film. Tell me before before we um, press to play and yep. um, watch the journey of these characters. What did, what did you expect? Like, for me, I literally saw the poster and the title, and that was it. I watched the trailer. Oh, did you? Um, on YouTube, because I wanted to get an idea, and I saw one actress in it um, that I'd known from previous movies around that time. Yeah. So I expected tits. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be straight out honest. I saw it, and I went... I know that actress. I know that actress. I expected boobs. Not that I was disappointed. Look, and honestly, I, was, I, I didn't. I, it was odd to know what to expect. Yeah. Um, I was just like, yeah, it's just gonna be an eighties tit flick. Yep. Um, but hmm. <laughs> 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 well, I don't want to go too far into it, but that's yeah, yeah, because no, no, obviously no. there's more questions that will come out of this. Yeah, but, yeah. Um. For as for my expectations, that's what I expected. I expected just very fluffy, which in a lot of places it was. Yeah. Um, but then obviously you could see um, an auteur. Yeah. There as well, is that how you said? Yeah. Um, for me, I just really I knew the film was about Beatlemania. Yep. Um, and that was pretty much it. I saw. I didn't have a clue who any of the the female actors were. <laughs> and I knew the guy from Greece and thought, oh gosh, I'm going to probably want to gouge my eyeballs and my earballs out. Ooh, and I did. Um, and yeah, so I really had no expectations other than I knew it was going to be Zemeckis' first film. I knew he was yep. talented, but I still expected a bit of a slog. Yeah, same. Um, I expected, I expected to see, yeah, pretty much that a bit of a slog. Uh, someone's first first go at the plate, a first yeah, their first major league yep. um hit at the ball, and so it was. Um, and uh, that's exactly what I I think we got. Um, you saw, you know, some great 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 areas, some great topics that he raised in it as yep. well, that um are very true to today. Um, yep. which we'll go into a little bit more, but yeah, I think that's, yeah, I think we got what we expected except for boobs, <laughs> <laughs> except for boobs. And I'm not disappointed because, you know, I've heard used cars is pretty good, <laughs> but the rest of it, man, the rest of it, um, yeah, yeah, not disappointed. Can I say, do you, do you know what, um, 
what's really surprised me with the movie was I don't think I enjoyed it watching it um, that first time. I was like, yeah, it's happening. But I don't know. I couldn't work out if I was enjoying it or not. Yeah. And and so I spent the majority of the movie in this weird sort of like what's going on? I didn't I was so conflicted in it. Yeah, yeah. You know what's hard about the movie? Is it's hard cuz you don't you, it's hard to put it into perspective of its time. Yeah. Um because and 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 after thinking about it cuz I thought the same. I thought this is a bit of a slog. This is almost um and it's the funny, you go, I've seen this before. Yeah. Um, I've seen that bit before, I've seen that joke before. But then you gotta can, realize Can I ask, was it I probably just stole your, your statement, no. so I apologize. But was it in seeing it before, was that because this was doing it and everyone else has done it after? Exactly. There's uh, and, I, and I'm sorry if you put me on a spot, I won't know. But I've seen plenty of movies where these people are going to get tickets or trying to get into a nightclub. Yes. And they're trying to do this and that. And it splits up into several stories about these people who find growth or so on and so forth. Yeah. And you just go, oh. And even the little jokes and stuff like that, seen it before. Yeah. But like you said first time yeah it's you hard know, to do it like that you know it's like watching these 1920s romantic comedies you go man i know they're gonna end up together and stuff like that. but yeah these are the ones who created that yeah movie. yeah they're setting the standard aren't they do you know what i was thinking about it and uh during the movie i was like um quite surprised that for a first time director his three lead actors were females yeah like yeah, their main true. characters were, were females which it's a really bold decision from the get-go. Yep. And I thought, if they remade this film, what band would it be that they would do? And would they be brave enough to put three females in? Because, you know... And one of them would have to be of colour. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. They would be. Um, and I thought, you know what? I don't think they would do it. And if they did, it would be a big song and dance to show people that they're diverse. Yeah. So you'd probably have... Uh, Anglo-Saxon, you'd have someone of some sort of Asian descent and um, someone that's coloured. And that would yeah. be your trio. It'd of be boys. a full PC brigade, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, It'd almost possibly be a musical itself. Oh, wow. If it was remade. Wow, I'd, I'd quite enjoy that. You, you, know? you know what I mean? Yeah. It would almost have a, a Glee-type feel to it. Yes. Um, that's where it be. Beatles songs mashed up with modern yeah, like, songs. Like Across the Universe. Yeah, wow, great call, Craig. Mm, that's well, I thought there about... There you go, executives. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> go hit us up at uh, cinefoolsmedia.com. Uh, <laughs> that's that's cinefoolsmedia.com? Uh, I don't think so. I just made that up <laughs> oh, on okay. the spot. Someone's going to steal it now and be like, suckers. Oh, no, I think we... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We uh, talked about it once upon a time. Um, so I was thinking about it and thought, well, then if they're going to go boys as the um, as the fans... Yep. They'd want a band that was pretty masculine. Because you couldn't be like, three guys can't wait to meet the Beatles. <laughs> uh, you know, like it'd be one of those things to be like, oh, well, I don't want to see that. So what bands would they be? They'd be some form of rock band, wouldn't they, Craig? Possibly a heavy rock band from the 70s. And are you seeing where I'm going here? Because it's been done before. Say it. Detroit Say it. Rock City. Ah, 
It lifted it a bit, made it a little bit raunchier, and you had the road trip that took three or four guys in to see the band of their dreams in a massive performance and the shenanigans that come along with that. Very true. And if you want to put it in a total different one, there's also that that one where they go to watch... um, George Lucas's first prequel what was that one. Oh, Fanboys. Fanboys. Yeah. Very similar. <laughs> Man. And this is there's a really cool have you heard the uh the the myth around fanboys? No. So the the myth is that there was a cut of the film that got chopped to heck by uh the Weinstein company. Yeah. Right? Because they didn't like a whole part of the story arc. So the film that's actually released is a chopped and changed movie to what the director actually really? wanted. And Look, um, I don't believe you. Harvey would never have done that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He's an upstanding citizen. <laughs> he, he would never have done that type of thing. Quite the gentleman. Everything I've seen of Harvey is just a great guy. A little yeah. bit handsy. <laughs> <laughs> He's good with plants. <laughs> <laughs> He's great with plants. You know, that's all. He's, and he enjoys he, a spot a, of bird watching. He's got a green thumb. <laughs> Oh, gosh. If he met Eva Green. Oh, gosh. <laughs> but, yeah. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> so. Um, I grace myself sometimes. Yeah, oh, man. Who am I? <laughs> <laughs> all right. That, that is, this is the part of the podcast where we pause to allow you all to have a drink, regather your thoughts, and we'll move on. Um, so, you know, like, Craig, um, what really jumped out to me, though, was the more I thought about this film afterwards, yeah. the more it stuck in my brain. And it started kicking around and kicking around. And I realized that the more I thought about it, the more respect I had for the film. Yeah. And the more I realized it was not so much for direction um, in terms of, you know, uh, the visuals that I was seeing. I can tell you on a little little side note, uh, we both watched this on Blu-ray. Yeah. And the transfer was pretty beautiful, good, man. Seriously, beautiful. Yeah. But what that kept doing was subconsciously tricking me to think that this was a modern film. Yeah, that's actually very true. And so, like, I had to keep telling myself while yeah. watching it, Jeff, this is 40 years old, man. Like, if you watched this on DVD, yeah, you'd probably, like it would be a total different experience because it was so grainy and there was a dirtiness to it. Yeah, and you exactly. got that it was You know aged. what I mean? Yeah. Like you can almost, that's so true. It, it doesn't seem like it's aged. Yeah. It just seems like a, a period film. Yeah. Yep, definitely. Wow. Yeah, that's so true, Jeff. That's Which so I, true. I thought maybe why it wasn't sitting well with me because not thinking about it as a film from 40 years ago, the, the comedic... Um, beats in it um, yep. You know And if we take The character of Rose Who was um, For those who actually Watched the film um, Thank you to the one person who Thank did. you for doing your homework um, Yeah thanks for doing Your homework guys um, But Rose has these moments Through the film She's the big Beatles fan In the group Yes um, All she wants Is to meet them And see them At the Ed Sullivan show And It was almost like I could um I could sing every line that she was going to deliver. Yeah. You know, which was like, wah, wah, almost like a Snoopy, <laughs> you know, like. She made a good career off that character. Yeah. And, and look, can I say, um, yeah, <laughs> she pops up in quite a few of Robert Zemeckis' films. Oh, yeah, man. Um, 
She was just that nasally whining. Yeah. And like I was saying to Jeff. But it was so true to the time, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly, man. She was just, and that's what, that's what she came across as. Mm-hmm. And, but I think she showed a little bit, um, I guess I'd have to rewatch the movie, all the other movies she's been in. But I think she came across a little bit more three-dimensional than she does in a lot of her movies she yeah. since. Yeah, I think, um, and it happens to a lot of actors, is they become characters of the character that yeah, they exactly. play. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Like, old mate, the uh, the the massive nerd that's in oh. all those things, Eugene. I don't even know his name. Oh, um, who cares about his name? <laughs> who cares? He's just always going to be Eugene, uh, isn't he? I, I don't even want to call him Eugene. I just want to call him that just... Jerry Lewis ripoff, just basically, <laughs> <laughs> just that annoying, annoying scientist guy. You know? Yeah, wow. <laughs> he just oh man, and that little huffy walk that he's got, um, just was like killing me every time. He oh, did seriously, it. he was just killing me. He was just killing me. Like, but like at that time, that type of character was fresh, and that character, that that beat of that character, and this is where Jeff obviously. I could see where Jeff's um, mistake could have come up earlier. That character stayed alive for a long time. Yeah. In different forms, man. Like, you're right. That character was in Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah. You know what I mean? That character was in a lot of films after that and had been before this guy, if you're talking about Jerry Jerry Lewis's career. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that character lasted. 30 years right it's now. it's quite interesting I think um, that people love that annoying shit for yeah. 30 years well do you know what years. It, it very much dictated a culture didn't it yeah so it like did. the idea of a nerd you know even if we think of a Homer Simpson coming to college and the first yeah, thing Professor screamed, Frank yeah it's like you know Homer Simpson comes in and just shouts nerd at the top of his voice nerd, because nerd, um, nerd, nerd, nerd. and it's stuck and it's almost like um, it's interesting uh We'll get to this one day, but we talked about the different iterations of Spider-Man once. Yeah. And and Spider-Man, if you watch Sam Raimi's through to The Amazing Spider-Man with Andrew Garfield yep. and then through to Tom Holland's Spider-Man, yep. each is a caricature of what a nerd is considered in that time. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so it really wasn't until almost the Spider-Man times, the idea of a nerd had shifted out of the high pant. Yes, um, with the um, thick glasses, with the, gla- with the pocket protector, yeah. and uh, yeah, yeah, crazy, and is, yeah, exactly. Like a lot of actors have made careers out of this, yeah. man. Yeah, just being that, just that nerd, man. That one who usually gets laid at the end of the film and then screams out of the bus. Yeah, he's he's <laughs> always wearing love heart boxer shorts, and his glasses are slightly <laughs> skew with with like. Kiss marks all yeah, over, lipstick exactly. kiss marks all over his face. <laughs> oh, I get it. <laughs> and then, With a usually a, uncomfortable orgasm scene. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, one where like, you everyone's just like, oh, this is not sort of funny. But and then when you think about it deeper, it gets more unsettling because he's had to try that in different iterations yeah. for um, <laughs> for the filming process. <laughs> uh, can we try one more just with can, a... Can you put more... Can you put... Bit more nasal flair into it. <laughs> 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 oh man, so wrong, oh. so wrong. Hey, getting back on the rose though, I've got to, <laughs> I've got to yep. say, she had some of the funnier moments of the film. I don't I know why, did. 
But every time she excitedly tried to ring to win a, a ticket in the competition, yeah. and she just smashed a whole heap of coins into the phone, <laughs> I laughed. I legitimately laughed at that because it was so like, you know, almost like Craig and I have this running joke, which is if we like a movie when we're watching trailers and we see it for the first time, we're like, I'm going to throw my wallet at the screen because you can just have my damn money. <laughs> Take my damn money. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I did find that those moments with Rose... They were the the character that I enjoyed, rather yeah, I than did. the one. And I never thought I would, because, um, admittedly, she she did have that part of the whininess to her. Yeah, but I think, like I said before, she she was a little bit more three dimensional than that. Yeah, she didn't strike you as she just strike you as a teenage girl. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. For sure. I think she was the most honest to the teenage girls out of the characters in the movie. You know, yeah. like um, there's a scene where she calls the nerd her boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah, and I remember thinking, uh, I thought, oh, that's a bit heartache. He's like, I'm not your boyfriend. Why would you call me that? And I, and and she gets all sad because you know you could just tell this this is meant to be a character who's never had a boyfriend, yeah, who's, who's never shared those um shared those moments with someone who never found that someone. And she, she automatically puts him as the boyfriend, and that's what I thought. Of, and I was like, man, yeah. And that's where one of those moments where I go, man, she was a, she has a lot more um, dimension to her than normal. Yeah, I love that you went there, Craig, because it's actually. This is what my head started going over and over. Mm. Um, so I'm going over and over it in my head and I'm thinking, Rose goes through this journey. She starts yep. out as the person who, um, and look, who cares about spoilers, people? We're going to just talk the film because do your damn homework. Yeah, exactly. Um, if you're calling spoiler alert on this, you're 40 yeah. years. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. It's going to be the case with all the films we watch. But Rose, she starts out as the person who we meet her in the record store. And all she's doing is grabbing multiple copies of the same record. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's just about the Beatles. And her journey takes her from solely focused yeah, and just like... Her dream was to marry um, Paul. Paul, I think um, she was going to marry Paul, and then what Everyone she ends wants up to marry doing? Paul. Well, you know, I don't mm, know. Even I a think... little wanton, half-legged women. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> um, so, so she's just got this. This is the dream: is to see the Beatles marry Paul, and yep. then the journey goes on. Her character develops this little arc that goes on. She meets someone. Yep. She considers them in a relationship because this yep. person shares the same passion as her. Yep. And then when she actually gets to see the Beatles, the journey gets her to see the Beatles. They all see the Beatles, spoiler. Um, is when the journey gets them there, um, she faints and actually never gets to see the yeah, Beatles exactly. perform. Um, which then I started thinking, well, it wasn't actually her character that got me thinking about that. Hers hers was an afterthought. My yeah. character was that I sort of got stuck on. And um, we're going to get into some raunchy territory. So please, if you've got your little people listening, just turn it down for a Man, while. Seriously, pop your head what are they in. doing still listening? Yeah, I know. We <laughs> I just know. spent like a good minute talking about nerds orgasming. <laughs> what are they still doing and listening? <laughs> You're still listening. If you're trying to push through, waiting for a clean moment, <laughs> I think you're dangerous. We ain't here for Get you. Get them gone. So the, the person that really got me, and there was a moment in the movie um, at the end, which is the character of Pam. 
Okay, and Pam's played by Nancy Allen. Who Which one's Pam again? Pam, Pam was the one who she starts off very prudish. Um, she's at the record store because she's going to celebrate her last night of freedom before she gets married. Oh, Pam. Yeah. So, Pam, let's just focus on Nancy Allen for a little bit. Yeah. And if you've ever seen Blowout with John Travolta. Yeah. Amazing film. And she is amazing <laughs> in it. She's had it. She had an She's probably the biggest star of that. Yeah, of this movie. She she is the star of the film. Like, yeah, yeah, like, actually, yeah. Um, she is the star. She's She'd first the place on the on the on the poster, um, and she goes on. She has blowout. Which listen, listen. If you love film and you've not seen Brian De Palma's blowout, shame on you because it is amazing. Um, John Travolta is just so good in it as well. But she goes on to be in RoboCop and yeah. Murphy. It's you. Yeah. And there's so much that she does. But what her journey is in this film is she's this prudish, almost like your uh, stereotypical 70s church girl. Yep. So, you know, I don't want to go see the Beatles because that's going to lead to things that I don't agree with. I'm getting married tomorrow. I want this to be like a tea party and we yep. used to hang out as girls. But <laughs> she goes along on the journey anyways because she just wants to be with her ladies. Um Strangely, of all the people who didn't want to see the Beatles, she finds herself in the hotel room. Yes. And now this is the first scene That's that I was like, scene, man. I was like, what the it heck? It got raunchy. You didn't know what. Yeah, it was almost like Robert Zemeckis just came just wanting certain something different. It's like Harvey Weinstein came in and said, I've got an idea for the story. <laughs> <laughs> I have some notes. <laughs> I have some notes. It almost I look and I, and it's and that scene I can see the point of that scene. Yeah. But there are some bits of that scene which come across as jarring in comparison to the rest of the film. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, uh for those who haven't got there yet, uh Pam goes into the hotel room, finds herself getting into the hotel room of the yep. Beatles and um is just overcome. So yep. she starts licking anything their mouth could yep. have touched, kissing everything. Um, she licks a bass guitar and then yep. falls in a heap, um, takes hair out of a brush and just rubs it all over her yeah. face. Like you just, see her actually reach between her legs. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is later on in the yeah. journey is, is, is so that then when she actually finds herself um, watching the Beatles... Um, I think it's Paul again that she yeah, it's Paul. she she's calling out to, but essentially she stands up and you realise that she has been uh, pleasuring herself to the Beatles. Yeah, and again I was like, what the heck? Where? How did we get there? But in terms of a story arc, you watch this awakening of a of a girl. Yeah, who then uh, she she basically. You know, almost like the awakening blossoms in the hotel room. She has her little moment, private moment, yeah. um, during the Beatles' performance. And that is the the awakening where she sort of becomes this woman. Yeah. And then ends up dumping the fiancé because she's she's found herself on this little journey and she doesn't need a man that expects a woman like he exactly. expects. And, that's, and, and hers is, I guess, a key point of the whole movie mm-hmm. is... It's that change from conservative thinking to, at the time, a modern, more modern of what the Beatles brought in. Yeah. So the Beatles brought in that um, that well, it was meant to be change, obviously conservative from today's standards. But at yeah. that time, 
it was a big change. Yeah. It was the change to a lot of people thought, you know, promiscuous. You know, the lady in the elevator who said, oh, you know, the Helter Skelter starts orgies and all this yeah, type of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, and, and that was the change of it. And and she represents that, you know. And yeah. there's a lot of that in the movie. There's that whole, um, obviously, the father and his son. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of that in the movie where it's about... Beatles being the instigator of change to that society, yeah. to the American society. And she represents, she's the best representative of that. They're basically, like you said, yeah, she, at the start, she wants what she thinks the, the whole world wants. You yeah. know, family, kids, you know, the husband who obviously needs to tell her what to do. Yep. Um, as you can see at the end, to the girl at the end who's had that awakening, who's just like, no. I don't want that. Yeah, mm. so good. And and so when you start thinking about each of the characters in the film, yeah, you start finding that each of them has a journey that takes them on what is quite dark territory sometimes. Oh, yeah, man. You know, one of yeah. the girls ends up, she's so desperate to get a photo of the Beatles, which she needs money for. <laughs> she ends <laughs> up turning up to, to work basically as a prostitute. Yeah. Um, and in order to get the cash she needs to get in to see the Beatles. Exactly. And, and it really, these journeys are just, even across the male actors, there are journeys that they take as well, which really showed me that not so much the direction, but as writers, both Bob Zemeckis and Bob Gale were really looking quite deep at something that, that on the surface should yeah. be just a really light, fluffy, these are the Beatles. Yeah. And that's where base and and it's amazing, especially that um, one where she was going to become a prostitute, and you're like, "Wow, really? Yeah, like is that going to happen?" Yeah, and um, and obviously it doesn't happen. A whole bunch of other things happen instead. But she dresses up. Yeah, she's, she's ready, ready to go in there. Yeah, yeah. exactly. She goes <laughs> seedy, and you know yep. what I mean. And it turns into the weirdest picnic thing oh. ever. But <laughs> <laughs> it's just, just like where it's just. And then, so she, you know, instead of a prostitute, she turns to bribery and <laughs> blackmail. Sorry, yep. she turns to blackmail instead. And then the guy assaults her. Yeah, that that was it. That was a bit. I was like, man, this is dark. Yeah, this is some dark. really dark territory. Yeah, exactly. And even you know, the prostitute comes in. She's a young girl, and she basically wants to um, watch the Beatles as yeah. well on TV. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's a, there's a, there's a lot of that. The only person who the the only um I guess there's a through line and in most um these ensemble casts there's usually that one person who remains the consistent line yep. is the Jimmy Oles. I call him Jimmy Oles. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And well the brother out of you know he his character arc is pretty much just sitting in the car. <laughs> but falling in love, you know? He's a nice guy at the start. Yep. He's a nice guy at the end. He is. He goes on a bit of a journey though, like even Drinks himself into a bit of a stupor at one yeah, point. Exactly, um, yeah, exactly. But yeah, he is. He just he is quite constant, isn't he? Yeah, he's the, the drinking constant. is a result the, of, of him, the, the guilt he feels, and things like yeah, that. Yeah, the of his crush going. But and here's the funny thing, and here's what I the second I saw it is then you see a scene that Zemeckis, and this is a couple of scenes I see. I saw a lot of Back to the Future scenes revisited. Oh. Have you been reading my notes? No. no oh, I promise I haven't. so good. So, so obviously, you know, like when he gets your damn hands off of her. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Where he breaks in and he saves yep. her. Yeah. And, and you go, well, it's Marty McFly. Yeah. Oh, no. Is it Marty? No. Sorry. Um, totally. Yeah. McFly. The dad. It's a McFly. George. Oh, George Georgie McFly. Boy. George McFly. And, and that's very, very true too. 
And um, I love you've taken us on this journey, Craig. Because oh, I man. was heading there. Ser- oh, seriously? Yeah. Because yeah, I'm watching it, and um, and I was just go, wow, there it is, there it is, and it's, that's what's that's what's brilliant about watching young directors. I mean, um, directors their first movies. Yeah, is you get to see these um these scenes, and sometimes you can just imagine them sitting at home going. Justin. I didn't do that scene yep. as I wanted it yep. to. Now I've got the money. Totally. I'm going to do it again, and I want to see how I do it. Can I say, I, I, I felt exactly the same, Craig, and I love you've got one that, that I didn't have down as well, and I hope you got some more in there, but there were a few moments that you can really see he's he's testing the waters on a few things. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's almost like he had Back to the Future in his mind. Yeah, eh? yeah. <laughs> it is, hey. Do you know if they did? No, no. At this point, and um, I'm saving something for our next episode. Cool. Don't um, tell me. But um, at this point, Back to the Future wasn't even uh, a thought. Um, cool. So, but I love that even Tony the bully. Um, the first time you meet him, he has this toughness and a persona, which you could almost close your eyes. And imagine Biff Tannen giving those lines. Yeah, you know, like yeah, very he true, has very that true. sort of oafish um, dopiness yep. to him that that's very Biff like. And again, Tony has another moment which is very much. I went, oh man, we're looking at a shot, and there was this shot as he takes up the towel with the axe. <laughs> that's my other shot. Yeah, yep. and the yep. lightning goes off yeah. behind him. Yeah, and it's just it's clock tower time. It is. You know? It is. It is clock tower <laughs> time, isn't it? You just like, like Zemeckis loves thunder. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yep. And yeah. so there's and so there's actually some other moments in there that I wrote down as well. There was one where I loved his ability of um, mixing some archive footage in with real life stuff, uh, parts of the film. Yeah, that and was it was good. almost like he was testing. It's like later on when he got to the Forrest Gump's time, yeah. he's like, "Oh man, how can I really get that sense of history in a fictional piece of work?" Yeah, and um, he's like, "Oh." Man, remember when I did that thing for I Want to Hold Your Hand? What if we took that to the next level? Do you reckon maybe it was an idea back then, but they couldn't do it? Oh, it would not surprise me. Like he's he's tried to push someone. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all that uh, he was like, how could we get these girls into the footage? We can't yeah. do it. We'll do a bit of creative editing. Yeah. And um, and that's the way they went. So, yeah, I really love that it, it does feel like um, Zemeckis is trying a few things out. And and like you said, I couldn't get it right. I mean, how about we use it here? This would be good because yeah, I think the time exactly. is right. Exactly. Or and even just vice versa, just basically him storyboarding a scene for Back to the Future or Forrest Gump. And go, and and just thinking back to that and going, yeah, I like the idea of that scene, man. I watched that yeah. scene. Maybe I can just tweak yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's interesting comparing him. Like, say, compare a Zemeckis who, you know, when everyone talks about Zemeckis, he's a visionary director. Yeah. Um. So, you know, really about how well it looks and things like that. Yeah, exactly. Um, if you compare him to, say, a James Cameron, Cameron would have sat on the idea until technology was ready for it. <laughs> or he would have invented it. Yeah, that's he exactly right. It. But, but I love that there's almost like... Um, and Spielberg would have just recreated the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> he would <laughs> have. He would have. Just, just recreated the whole scene. I love the idea of like creative problem solving. 
Yeah, and, exactly. and when you hear people talk about the directing process, a lot of the time it is just creative pro- uh, yeah. problem solving. And I think Robert Zemeckis really showed that he had an idea and uh, he was able to, to switch it over. Can I tell you something I really loved in the movie? Go. I loved. So um, Robert Zemeckis has this sort of affinity for the horror genre. Yeah. Hasn't really gone there massively. Like, no. no. Um, hasn't really hit it hard. Uh, but the moment in the barbershop, was cut so well. Yes. Like this creeping little horror section of the film, especially the one-eyed barber and the the camera angles. It was just so well done. And that father was an arsehole. Oh, wasn't he what? Wasn't he what? But he was, he, once again, he represented that um, old culture versus new. Yeah, the... the you dad, know, the military style dad. Exactly. Like he said, you know, obviously you see, you know, I want my son haircut like a Marine. Mm-hmm. And, but also, you know, where he says basically, um, I don't want, I come home and my boy looks like a woman. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> he looks like a little girl. And you yep. go, wow, you know. And that's, and I think that's, and that's not an overdo of a stereotype. No way. That's far from it. I think that was a genuine fear. Yeah. Oh, that was at the time, man. Most of yep. those people at the time. And and you can see those in the newspaper. Yeah. You know, they demonized a lot of what the Beatles did. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it's it's really funny, isn't it, how time changes. So, you know, yeah, you think we're talking, we're talking, we're <laughs> talking, yeah, it's insane, yeah, Not isn't at it? all. I know, exactly. It's it's like, I remember, so talking about a band and a family that are concerned about the uh, negative impacts of music. Yeah. You know, I remember in the 90s. <laughs> yeah. And, and look, a little backstory on Jeff. My parents are, are um, pastors, ministers, you know, whatever you call it to say that they preach. Um, but. He's I can the son remember. Of a preacher man. Yeah, I, I literally am, um, and he's the son of a preacher man. Um, it's it's in the in the blood. But I remember not having my parents talk about how I wasn't allowed to listen to Nirvana wow. because at the time, in that sort of circle, Nirvana were being considered a, a reason for suicide and a reason for all this darkness. Yeah. And, and all these things like that. And so watching the movie and seeing the dad's reaction, it really hit home a little bit for me as to like, I wasn't allowed to grow my hair. Like yeah, it was discouraged to grow my hair long yeah. because then I'm starting to get into this culture. And the reality is it's music. Yeah, exactly. And, but it also, it's each generation of the time, it represents the psyche yeah. of that, of that kid's yeah. generation of the time. So mine was, Obviously, around that time too is the grunge, the grunge time, yep. um, where people would be like, you know, why is your pants like that, or why are you wearing a flannel over the top? Yeah. Um, but also around those times, we ca- a little bit later on, but you had Marilyn Manson come in. Yes. Um, and then obviously you had Eminem after that. Yeah. And these are basically places where people are like, oh my god, you know. And, and it's funny, I was thinking about that the other day. The world needs something like Eminem right now. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. world needs something like that. Because, or I was actually thinking, where are all these Eminem fans? Um, these people who who just throw in the face of this PC stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but that's true. It's every generation. And my parents used to go, you don't listen to that jungle bullshit, you know, and stuff yep. like that. And you go, no. This is what we listen to. <laughs> it's My crazy, dad would always go, oh, Frank Sinatra, listen to Frank Sinatra. Which Who I, I'm sure in his time was considered 
Oh, Frank Sinatra was considered at that time, yeah, pretty crazy as well. Yeah. Everyone, there's a, there's one in every time. You know, Presley yeah. was before Beatles. Yeah. And you hear him talk about Presley as well. So, yeah, it's it's just, um, yeah, it's a really cool journey to think about when you're watching the film. And I think from it, I've probably got a greater appreciation of the film itself. Yeah. In true. hindsight. Yeah, it's it is, al- it is. It's it almost is. like I've thought, oh, maybe I need to watch it again. That's yeah, exactly. That's what I thought. I think, um, and this is what's brilliant about this whole um, revisiting and all that. It's you do come in to appreciate, you appreciate the movies a lot more. I, I was thinking about this heaps more. Yeah. After the movie, because I knew because we're going to talk about it because we're going to go into a podcast after it. Yeah. I actually paid attention, like you though. In hindsight, yeah, things started popping up back in my brain. And yeah, I, yeah. And I'd be like, oh yeah, man. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy that that happened and that happened. That yeah. Happened. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Um, so tell me, Craig, reflecting on it as we have. Reflecting. Um, what do you think of the film? If you were to say, if someone <laughs> said to me, hey, guys. Depends on when you to, ask me. <laughs> I've been listening to the podcast. What do you reckon of the first film? I Reflecting on the podcast, um, look. It's one of the. It's funny these things, and this is where I guess this whole podcast has changed my perspective of it. Yeah. So, watching this movie as a standalone movie, I probably wouldn't think about it ever again. Yeah. Watching it as part, we've just been talking about um, character arcs in movies. Yeah. This director's arc is part of his director's arc. Yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah, it sure that's is. Isn't fascinating, it? man. It's it's basically you see the parts where, um, you see the parts where he's making judgments on society. Yep. Um, you see the parts where he's taken it to places you normally wouldn't see it taken. Yeah. You also see seeds for next for movies afterwards. Yeah. Um, but but it's mixed into. Um, a movie now, unfortunately, that you've seen a thousand times. Yeah, <laughs> you know so what I mean. Um, and it's just a matter of because you're going into that movie, watching it as as a mixture of a person's um, art mm. um, of their lifetime of their art. It, it's a lot more better movie. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I think I think for me, if I if I saw it on Netflix, like yeah. as I was flicking through, yeah. Click, 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 click. I'd be like, I don't even want to look at that. I would have turned it off in five minutes. Yeah. Or if it came on on TV and I caught like, yeah. you know, 10 minutes into the movie, if I turned it on, I would have heard that voice. I mean, like, no chance. Oh, I, would, I don't know if I would have gotten to that. Yeah. I think once they started jumping from like one car to the other and stuff like that, I would be gone. Yeah, American Graffiti and 100 Cigarettes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's so good. <laughs> I would have just turned it off. Um, yeah, I would never. Uh, I have this. Um, there's an app that I use, which I just log all my movies that I watch on there, and it asks you for a rating. It's called the OCD app. <laughs> it's called the. Yeah, I do. I have issues. You know, Harry Rollins does the exact same thing. Does he? He has. A, he has. This is true. He has marked down every place he's ever done a show. Yeah. Wow. Every movie and book he's ever read. Wow, I love it. Well, I've actually been doing not show. But I've been logging every bit of media that I've consumed for he the year. He does the same, and he has them in books. Yeah. Um. Not obviously. Might have them on Excel. He doesn't really go that depth. Um. But yeah, does that. He's been doing it 
ever since the start. Oh, kindred spirits. Ever since the start, me man. and Mr. Rollins. Seriously, if you ever if you're a podcasting man, watch listen to him on um Joe Rogan podcast. Oh, cool. It goes for something like two and a half hours oh, of man. Henry Rollins just being talking about relationships. Wow. He just can't do relationships. Wow. Because he just says, I'm just not built. I don't get lonely. He talks about it. He goes, I don't get lonely. I just travel the world and how he likes to travel the world and he just ends up in places. Yeah, so good. It's a brilliant thing. But sorry, back on topic. That's all right. Well, <laughs> when, I, when I logged it, so generally I logged the movie as soon as I finished watching it. So I yep. get my initial reaction, which is my, my um, thoughts. Out of five stars, what did I give it? I gave it two. And, and I think this is what's really interesting. But if I'd go back and and done my sort of rating a week later, yeah, I probably would have given it a three. And here's what's funny is after this talk today, I would probably give it more as well. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? definitely. I, the more I'm talking about it, the more I guess it's sinking in and yep. I'm appreciating what he meant to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? He might not have got to it due to experience or restrictions finances. at the time, finances, um, you know, executive pressure. Yeah. But I, I saw it and yeah. I saw the I saw the glimpses of it, which is great. It's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. so good, isn't it? Like you really can. You can see that it's almost like we're getting a little glimpse at what Mr. Spielberg was like. This kid excited about. It. Yeah. Enough to, put, enough to put his... His schedule on the line, yeah, which yeah. you know is a ridiculous schedule. Like he's basically he's attached to so many movies, it's ridiculous. Yeah, oh, I love it. This has been so much fun. Um, now I've got a little thought that I was going to do, and I don't know if it'll work on this movie so much. Uh, but I thought it'd be really fun to just do a little bit of fan casting. You know, if they yep. remade it today, who would they put? Let's just go. Who would they put for Pam? That's Nancy Allen. Who would they put in for Rosie? Um, and and then um, who would they put in for Jimmy Olsen? See, and, and here's what's funny about that is you would have to depend. <laughs> it would depend on the director. Mm-hmm. Because I guess, and depend, well, it depends on who who's creating it. Okay, so I know this sounds like a cop-out answer because it, ooh, it depends. That's a big answer. But the thing is, look, let's say... If it was an indie film, yeah, compared to a Disney film, yeah, compared to you know a Fox film, yeah, you know what I mean, and um, and each one would go in total different areas. You know, Disney obviously would go to that musical area that we went, yeah, and then obviously Zac Efron would probably show up somewhere. <laughs> um, they'd turn into a Glee type thing. Um, if you're doing, but I, I'm going to go to say um, an indie one. Yep. Okay, let's say love it. Robert Zemeckis goes, you know what? I found a young new director. I want to bring first him up. First time director, yeah. First time director. Um, look here, he's. I want to hold. I want to hold your hand, but remake it. Um, oh, let me see. Look, you. Uh, even though we um, we talk about it, we've talked about him before as the Flash. Yeah, you know he would be good. Ezra Miller. Ezra Miller. Yep. Ezra Miller would be good. Even if you want to go to the other Flash, the guy who plays it on TV, he would be good in it as well. Yeah. Um, I don't know his name. But let's say um, let's say Ezra Miller. <laughs> Details. Ezra Miller, um, he would be really good. Now we'd have to talk about, though, for, I guess you'd have to talk about what band. Yeah. It is. It's, see, it's a hard one. You would, yeah, exactly. Because you'd have to talk about the what band, and then obviously each actor would almost have to be a representative of that band in a yep. way. Yeah. Um, Here's one for you. 
let's say we've just sat down in Craig and I've sat down. We're going to pitch a film, and we say to Mr. Zemeckis and his production company, "We're going to do a sequel to I Want to Hold Your Hand." Oh. Okay, and it's basically the the same characters forty years later. Let's let's just go. Yep, forty years later. Yep, yeah, yeah. Let's go twenty. We'll, we'll keep it in the sort of they're in their thirties to forties. Um, they're going to go on a pilgrimage to yep. visit this to New York again, relive the memories that they've got from the the adventure that they had. And so this is our thought, and and so it's sort of you know we're in the Mamma Mia times. We're just going and and doing all this again. Oh no! So we we want to say. You know we're gonna we're gonna do Pam. She's she's married now. She's got kids. She's gonna let her hair down a little bit. Yep. The other one's a famous journalist. Yes. The other one's a protester. Yep. <laughs> and and then poor Rose is married to idiot. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta have one disappointing one. You know Who, what I mean? Who's now in charge of Microsoft? Who's now in charge of Microsoft? He's now <laughs> a, a billionaire. He's now a billionaire, and he still talks exactly the same. Yep. And he beats Rose. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, well, you know, because you got to go in that <laughs> unexpected <laughs> darkness, you know. Like this oh, movie goes... Oh, word. <laughs> un- Times have been lean. <laughs> yeah, and so there's the unexpected darkness, which Robert Zemeckis took it in. And so, yeah. <laughs> so that's the plot point. Do you think... You uh, know what? You go. Well, I was going to throw out there for Pam. For some reason, she's... See, the problem is it's all that people would be upset. But I think nowadays... They'd be like a Mila Kunis or yep. um, someone like that would show up. Yeah, definitely, film. definitely. If you look, if you had actors across all generations, let's say those, a young Julia Roberts. Yeah. Like around Mystic Pizza. Yeah. You know what I mean? She would perfect. Have been perfect. Exactly. Yep. You know what? A band wise, I would love to see. And I think it'd be if they. Went to a U2 concert Oh Good one Yeah you know what I mean Do like, it in Europe Yeah exactly Like so a Euro trip good. Yeah exactly and it's I a, love it So um, And you could possibly do um, Obviously UK guys UK yeah. people Yeah Going into Europe To see a U2 concert Yeah Yeah You know what I mean And have I to love travel it. across places You know across Blah blah blah, blah. Oh look We and, didn't need and to And you can have it. a U And you just have a U2 A U2 basically um, Soundtrack throughout it Oh, Craig, we're in the wrong business. Oh, but that'd be yeah. awesome. If you're it? listening out there, people, we will write this for you. Yeah. Um, just let us know. Um, I love it. Well, Craig, we're sort of winding down now. Um, having a look at the timer, we have done what we expected we would do and just crap on for a very long time. Um, but <laughs> So, look, um, in conjunction with the podcast, we've also got a website that we're going to be having, sort of a blog-like um mm-hmm space where we'll put an article that um, touches a bit more on what we've discussed. Yep. Um, and sometimes it's going to talk about things we don't even get to discuss. But yep. really, it's sort of the things that in our heart, we just really felt while we're watching that movie and we just couldn't help but write about it. So, um, exactly. so check that Ooh, out. I just saw a bird run by. Did you? Yeah, oh, man. He's just pouncing. Look at him there. There, there he is there. Awesome. That's nice. Sometimes they uh, see their reflection in the window here at Cinefool Studios and... Uh, he just has a little dance, has a little kiss to himself, and then off he goes again. That's um, what I like with mirrors as the, well. The Australian wildlife <laughs> is glorious. And um, I have feathers <laughs> on as well. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> just just, just well, imagine me naked just, with feathers on bouncing around in front of a mirror. Listen. <laughs> 
Listen, if you want to see more images of Craig naked with feathers on, check out our social media. You can find us here exactly. at... Uh, but you'll need a credit uh, card to send me lay eggs. <laughs> Pretty much. Our, our social media <laughs> handle is... Yeah, FFTL podcast is at everything fftlpodcast.com is the is the web address mm-hmm. and pretty much fftl podcast for everything we're going to be Did wherever you, you want to find us um so check it out subscribe to this on itunes and anywhere else you get it because look we want to we want you guys to get it as soon as it's out there exactly. we want to we be part of your lives and so we'll have our email address on there man and we really want to hear feedback yeah yeah hit what us up feedback, on twitter man? Hit us up anywhere that we've got uh, social media. We'll be we'll be Insta. We'll be on Facebook. Man, we'll I'm not Twitter. afraid of feedback. Yeah, I once wrote a review halfway through. Do you remember that? And we put it on IMDb. Oh, 2001 was 2001. 2000. Well, two, oh, I forget what it's called. 2012. 2012. 2012. And I got torn apart. Do you remember he that? Sure did. I didn't. I didn't spell check it. Spell check and grammar. It's yeah, a, it's a really important thing to the Eugenes of the world. When you're trying to hide from, um, when you're trying to hide it while during work time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stay home. Get focused. Then write it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't write it in a little so small true. screen so you can't see. So people can't see you. Uh, so next so, week with feedback. Yeah, Take feedback. It well. Send it through. We just want to hear. Even if you want to send us a little thumbs up. Just to say you're digging it. Thumbs cool. down if you don't. Yeah, cool. You know, um, check out the Instagram. There'll be photos all through the, the weeks that uh, are to do with the movies. I reckon we should try and find some behind-the-scenes pics to, to pop up just as a little bit. There's a whole the... bunch of them on the, nice. on the Blu-ray. Oh, I love it. I didn't look at the special oh. features, man. No, it's not. It's just photos. Oh, cool. And they're awesome photos. They're awesome photos. Wicked. I'll check yeah, that seriously. out. I'll have a look through. I'll have a look through. So You're good. all being goofy. Robert's making being goofy. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So tune in next week. We're going to be tackling uh, Zemeckis' next film in his filmography, which is called Used Cars. Hashtag boobies. <laughs> <laughs> Craig's looking boobies for ding. it. Boobies <laughs> <laughs> Wow. the next T-shirt. See, I've already got two T-shirts. Craig, he's the, he's the man with the catchphrases. <laughs> um, so, yeah, tune in next week. We'll be talking about that. I'm really looking forward to discussing um, Kurt Russell. Oh, and, I love Kurt um, Russell. And Obviously, just, we spoke about his wife, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry, Kurt. Um, yeah, but I love Kurt Russell. So yeah, so tune in next week. We'll be we'll be back, and uh, we can't wait to talk it all through. Um, so thanks for joining us. It's been an, uh, another fun week. We hope you're loving it. Thanks, and, everyone. Um, yeah, it's awesome. So from all here at from first to last podcast, I'm Jeff Reed, Craig Gillian, and I hope you have a good one. Boobies. <laughs> <laughs>